Ladies and gentlemen, this is your main event of the evening from Killing the Business Wrestling Podcast, scheduled for 60 minutes. The man in charge this episode is your host, the king of New England, Sick Vic. So as everyone knows, this show is not all about professional wrestling. And when people go like, why is it called a wrestling podcast? I just go because it's my show, so fuck you. But <laughs> I like to also bring like, positive light on issues and we have our friend Skylar Conover back with us today how you doing Hello again pretty good how about you I'm doing well in three degrees Vermont oh I, I can imagine it's always fun yeah. but we, we talked about doing kind of like a a friendly very laid-back show like transgender awareness type episode yeah. Which I always, maybe transgender awareness is not the right words. I always feel like that, you know, you have cancer awareness and it's like negative awareness. It's transgender at all. Right. Yeah. I mean, awareness is still a good word because it doesn't necessarily always have a bad connotation to be aware of something. Uh, It's it's, it's more just being able to have a, a source of education. And, and so with, with how like a lot of the, the media portrays trans people, there's a lot of misinformation out there. And so I'm, I'm, I'm very glad to uh, kind of help spread some more accuracy of the subject. I just, just shake my head about you know, the pushback from it. And it's just like, why do we, I mean, just like, first of all, I always think that the guys who's pushing back probably have like really kinky shit going on in their bedroom. That's why they're pushing it back. But um, it's not them. Say so right. why care? Right. Saying. Like a lot of it's. Um, I mean, there, there's there's quite a few theories on on why there's pushback on it. Um, for some people, it's religion. Uh, for whatever reason, they're like God can't make mistakes, no matter all the other bad things in the world. Somehow, whenever it comes to human bodies, God doesn't make mistakes on these things, but he makes mistakes on other things. Or maybe it's all part of God's plan, but yet somehow being trans can't be part of that plan. Uh, And I'm not really sure why that's the case for a lot of people. Um, A lot of it, too, um, unfortunately has to do with politics. And if you can find some boogeyman to hate, then it makes it a lot easier to get votes. And so uh, there's, there's lots of different things that can cause people to not like trans people. And a lot of it's too, is just because they don't understand. People fear what they don't know. And so uh, the, the less information that's out there, the less interaction that they get with trans people, then the less that they, they see us as people. They're like, well, hold on a second. I don't understand what you're going through. So clearly it's gotta be something bad and something sexual, even though it's not, there's nothing sexual about it. But- I, I swear just. You know, I, I, read, I read the tweets sometimes, you know, and there's some mm-hmm. passion going on. And right. I, every time someone says the word freak, I'm like, yeah, I swear to God, if someone with gauges in their ears, those big things mm-hmm. causes in front of me, it's called a transgender freak. I'm just going to walk into a truck. Be like, have you looked right. at yourself, buddy? Have you looked at yourself? You have holes in your ears. Mm-hmm. It's never going to go away. And right. you heard about someone changing their identity. Yeah, I mean, like a lot of the the concern that like a lot of people have with with people like changing their gender or whatnot uh, is because they don't understand really what what being transgender actually means. They look at like the suffix trans, which they're like, oh, you're going from one thing to another, but that's not necessarily what's what's happening. Um, Sex and gender are two completely separate things. And so um, sex happens to be what your body develops as for sexual reproduction, things of that nature. And so you'll have primary and secondary sexual characteristics. Gender, on the other hand, is how your brain um, interacts with the world. And so it it basically um, can be completely separate from sex. You can have not necessarily a woman's brain or a man's brain, um, but you've got different structures inside the brain that do tend to have tendencies towards one or the other. And so sometimes you can be born um, with masculine uh, characteristics, um, 
but yet still have a brain that's much, much, much more closely related to how a woman would develop. And so you perceive the world through a woman's lens, even though you look like a dude. So you're not really changing your gender per se. Your gender is always kind of set from the day that you're born. Um, it's, it's, it's more, you're finally starting to show the world what you actually are, who you actually are, um, just a lot more accurately. You're not having to pretend to be somebody that you're not just to fit in with society. You're able to kind of actually show people how you felt, um, how you have always seen yourself, um, even if you wouldn't be able to always like put words to it. Um, as more and more people start learning about trans issues, things like that, and they start to kind of understand their gender identity, they're like, oh, wait a second, maybe it's not all quite so set in stone like I was taught. Humans are a lot more complicated than, than just binary topics. And so, yeah. So I came up with these nine questions, which I had help from Vox.com, mm -hmm. which I have no clue what Vox is, to tell you the truth. I thought it was a Vodka, but anyways. Okay. Just some of the questions they were asking were like, I figured I'll bring out here, you know, why not? Yeah. Say, like, why do some people identify as transgender, gender non confirming, gender queer, and non binary? Yeah. So there, there's quite a few different um, theories behind this. So there's not necessarily one true reason for it. Um, from different scientific studies they found, like I was referring to before, um, where different brain structures, things like that, tend to match much more closely um, of like cis men and cis women. Cis meaning um, identifying as the gender that you were at birth. And so from these studies um, done by a lot of different um, accredited peer-reviewed studies from like Harvard and things of that nature, um, they were able to measure the gray matter inside people's brains. And men tended to have a gray matter that was one way, women tended to have a gray matter that was a different way. And trans people, they happened to match almost identically um, what their identified gender was. Not their birth gender, but the gender that they claimed to be. And um, this is all completely separate from hormone replacement therapy. This is all separate from any other things. They even actually had a control where they gave cis people the opposite hormones as a way to see if that affected their gray matter in their brain. And that's how they think, that's how they process information, that's how they see the world. And because of the difference in sizes of gray matter, there's not necessarily like a male brain or a female brain. It's, it's a spectrum in a way, the same way that, that light is. And so you can have uh, something that's red, blue, or green, but there's not a, a clear differentiation between what makes something blue, what makes something green, what makes something red. Um, it's a very, very gradual change. And so sometimes people are found in the middle. Sometimes people are found on the far end. Sometimes people are found on the other far end. Um, hardly ever is it black and white, just like light is not black and white, just like sound is not black and white. How everything has different changes inside, gender is the exact same way. And so if somebody happens to be a little bit closer towards that, um, the middle of that spectrum, they might identify as non-binary. Uh, they might, if they happen to be more on like the actual um, female side, not, ne not necessarily feminine side, because you can still present masculine and still have fem feminine tendencies, um, but it's, it's more your brain kind of already knows what it is. Just like you can know the difference between blue and green and red, but there's not a clear line between those different things. And so that's why people are like, there's more than two genders is because whenever you, you look at the entire spectrum, it's like, where do you draw the line? There's not really a good middle point where it's like, oh, this is a male brain, this one's a female brain. And so sometimes like with myself, I was born male and yet my brain tended to sit much more closely on the female side. I've still got masculine tendencies, but I've got a lot more feminine tendencies too. And so that's kind of the one theory of the, the spectrum at least. Um, again, there's, there's lots of different ways that it can present itself, but that one's one of the more scientifically, um, not necessarily proven, but um, one of the more scientifically backed uh, theories of the matter. And uh, just to be clear, I mean, this is kind of one of those, like, to me, it's like common sense, but people don't, sometimes they just back back their head. Just because if you are 
a guy before and now you're a girl doesn't necessarily mean oh, I'm a girl now, I'm gonna go after guys. Right. Right, yeah, because gender and, and sexuality are completely different things. Gender has nothing to do with sex. Um, and so there are gay men, there are lesbian women out there, there are people who are interested in both or everybody, and it doesn't matter um, what the gender is, it's just who they're attracted to. Um, there are different parts of the brain that happen to uh, rely on, or that, that happen to uh, affect sexuality, and there are different parts of the brain that affect gender. Um, I'm not a, a uh, neuroscientist, so I won't be able to know the exact structures and be able to give you exact names, but um, there's, there's quite a few different scientific papers on the matter. Um, and so they, they are not linked at all. There's a lot of tendencies that happen to um, coincide a lot of the time. So typically you might have straight men or straight women, um, but that's not always the case. And sometimes you might develop uh, the way that your um, original birth sex intended for sexuality. Uh, and so you basically, uh, born as a man, attracted to women, realize that the entire time you've actually been a girl, you're still attracted to women. It doesn't change just because your gender is somehow different. Um, what you label that might be different now. Uh, if you're only attracted to women and you're a woman, then now all of a sudden you'd be considered gay. But there's, uh, yeah, but they're, they're not, not the same at all. There's correlation, but not causation between both of these factors. I think if people don't really understand it, go sit back and watch it. I'm sure there's information on YouTube. Yeah, there, there's, there's information all over the place. I, I think where people get confused is that um, T and LGBT um, makes them just automatically assume that the T is somehow a sexual orientation or something of that nature. And in previous years, um, the term for transgender used to be transsexual, which if you look at it, it's like, all right, um, homosexual, heterosexual, pansexual, bisexual, transsexual, then it kind of leads to that same idea that somehow it's related with sex when it's not. Um, they just happen to include us inside that list just because it makes it, um, we basically happen to be a minority of the population of um, I wouldn't necessarily say like neurodivergent people, but technically, yes. Um, and so because we don't have the same legal protections, things like that, we kind of have to stick together a little bit more. And so it just allows us to be able to have our own community of support and love and, and uh, I don't know, it's just a, a way to kind of keep us all safe and feel like we're not alone. You brought up something, because I've always been like, you know, do what makes you happy, you know not too yeah. about it but you're right though there is a difference between you know your sex and sex right there's a difference there's like, like a layer like kind of like you see your brain say like okay sex that's everything they get to right go back to skin and be like oh okay but that's yeah yeah because i mean scientists have been debating on what actually classifies somebody as one sex or another um, if you look at everything, there's chromosomal sex, uh, X, Y, X, X chromosomes. Uh, but then there's obviously variations in that where you can sometimes have, um, two X chromosomes. So it's, it's X, X, Y, or X, Y, Y, or X, 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 Y, or X, Y, 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 um, where you basically develop and the chromosomes are, are different from typical. Um, then you will have situations where somebody's born with an XY chromosome, um, but there is a gene called the SRY gene that is normally attached to that Y chromosome that can sometimes break off. That um, SRY gene actually um, affects a lot more than you would expect it to. Um, so it's genetics are really weird and very complicated, just like everything with, with, with life. And so you can have situations where that SRY gene can get attached to an XX chromosome pair. So somebody biologically would be considered a woman, but that SRY gene inhibits the, um, a lot of the things on the actual uh, chromosomes themselves. And so that person would develop as a male, even though chromosomally they're supposed to be a female. And so whenever people say like, you can't change your chromosomes, there are a lot of instances where people um, are XX chromosomally develop as a male, 
um, can actually even have kids and are fertile, but chromosomes show that they're actually a woman. And a lot of times that um, can uh, impact that person's gender identity and they can grow up thinking that they're a man and then realize they're transgender. Um, that's not the only way that trans people can um, happen. That's just one of the ways that it has happened in the past um, or vice versa. Somebody with an XY chromosome loses that SRY gene and because there's nothing to um, basically stop them from developing as a woman, they develop as a woman and they've got XY chromosomes and nothing changes there. Uh, and so there's that body side that uh, can be affected by uh, the gender, but then there's also the brain that uh, develops completely separately than the rest of the body. And so whenever um, a lot of times like in uh, the womb, you have either uh, testosterone or estrogen that floods the brain that can masculinize or feminize the brain. And sometimes that happens completely separate than how the body was developed. And so it basically, it's not again, always the case, but there's, there's lots of instances where somebody can actually even have XY chromosomes develop as a man, but then the brain still develops as a female brain. And so there's so many different ways that things can change because life is messy. Uh, development of, of different things is messy. Um, every single time that somebody's born, there are around 300 genetic mutations that take place. And so it makes it very, very, very difficult to keep everything exactly the same. But those mutations aren't always bad things. Sometimes they don't do it anything uh, because they're inert. Uh, other times they end up having um, good traits. Other times they have some bad traits. And so it, it's every single person in history has had these genetic mutations. And most of the time you can't really tell, um, especially whenever there's like not really any sort of resources out there to educate people. And so you can have a lot of situations where like myself, I didn't know that everybody didn't feel the same way that I did. I just assumed that this was normal because people don't talk about it. And so it's just, I don't know, there's, there's, there's so many different things. And as you start to learn more and you're able to kind of understand some of these symptoms, you're able to understand um, like when gender dysphoria is or what autism is or what um, like ADHD is, you're able to kind of put names to these emotions and feelings that you've been going through this entire time and have just never been able to treat because you just assume that it's normal. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to watch what I said because I have just, my words are not anything hateful or anything, just yeah. ignorance, edu uneducated. Like I said, I'm saying yeah. you know, you're a transgender female. I'm not mm -hmm. looking down and saying like, just, just drop the transgender part, just say female. Like if you right. go, go to a black family and say, that's a black girl. I'll probably get shot, you know. So it's like, yeah, yeah. It's 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 basically trans. That that adjective at the beginning of like trans woman is literally just an adjective. It's just a way to help describe who I am as a person. Because uh, if you're trying to have language, you generally want that language to be as as precise as possible. Um, and so, like, if you're writing an article um, and you're trying to describe a person inside said article and they happen to be um, of African descent, you'd be like, oh, this African-American gentleman um, or anything like that. It's, it's not going to necessarily make them any less of a, a man if they're an African-American gentleman. Uh, it literally is just a way to describe them as a person. So you have a better mental image of who they are. Um, when you say trans woman, it's like, okay, so this person has gone through these certain things in childhood. These, uh, this person is struggling with these other things like gender dysphoria. Um, they are currently trying to navigate society as a woman, um, but weren't raised with that social cue in place. So it's all just basically, I don't know, um, it's basically just a, an easier way to describe things. It's just language and doing what language does. Uh, the trans doesn't always have to be there. I'm a woman. And if you say trans or not, it doesn't change the fact that I'm a woman. Uh, it's just again a a descriptor. So it all depends, kind of like it's mostly depends on the person's tone of voice and how they. Yeah, like if if you use it as a slur, then obviously that's the part that that affects people. Or if you like say things like 
trainee or shemale or something like that, then it's like, well, hold, hold on a second. No, you can't, you can't be using those words uh, because the connotation with those words is that either A, I'm not actually um, the woman that I claim to be and B, that I'm somehow lesser in a way because of that. And so it's, it's a lot of it is, is connotations. A lot of it is society. Um, words pick up meanings over time and the more and more they're used as hate, then the more and more you don't use those. So it's like, if this word hurts somebody, we're not going to use it. Um, if this word describes somebody and it's a more neutral term like transgender, then it's okay. Um, if it's the term that started off as a neutral term like transsexual, but then over time ended up having negative connotations and um, other things to it, then we stop using that one. Even if you're not using it to hurt people, it's just because most people that use that term are trying to hurt people or don't understand um, what that word actually means, then we stop using it. We get it out of our um, everyday language and we start to rely on language that, that tends to be more accurate, language that tends to not inflame people because it is neutral. Remember, I remember we talked about last time about your church, you know, kind yeah. of turning back on you. And, you know, I, when I got off with you, I was like, to myself, I was like, like fucking Southerners, you know, like, like what the right. hell from? And, you know, I went to my wife and said, you want to hear some bullshit down South, you know, told her about it. Fast forward to, because that was like in December, right? Something like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Last Wednesday, I had a podcast that was that was asked to be pushed back to another date, and I get a message from my reverend because I'm helping him with social media stuff. Like, could I come down to the church to do a be in the meeting? So I'm like, oh, fine, I'll go. Went down there, right. and they were telling me about things, and they were like, you know, what about the pride flag? You know, we were posting up, and. You know, one of the people say, like, we tried that before and the town didn't like it. There was a lot of pushback. And right there, this the only thing I could think I'd say to myself was, fuck them. Right. Like, this is about, this is a church that accepts everybody, everyone. Yeah. Why are we going to say, like, no to bringing us in that, you know? And I saw the size of it and, like, it fits perfectly. It's like, right. But it's like, uh, right, I just well, out loud in front of the reverend. I was like, "Fuck them!" It's like there wasn't right. that we accept everybody. We just said we accept everybody, and we're not gonna put a flag because there's people around the community that doesn't like it. Yeah, you know. So I'm fighting with them. I'm trying to convince them to give it a try. Absolutely, yeah. With with the the church, um, and unfortunately, it's it's a lot of. Uh, misinformation that has made people um, so angry against the LGBT community just in general. And since trans people happen to be part of the LGBT, then that includes us in that fold. Um, but there was, um, so there's actually kind of a, a backstory behind a lot of this. Um, so obviously being trans isn't mentioned in the Bible, but in the laws of Leviticus, um, I don't remember the exact verse itself. Um, it says, a man should not uh, dress as a female and a female should not dress as a man. And so people will like go to that line. And they're like, see, this is why you can't do it. Um, and it's like, well, hold on a second. There's also a ton of other laws in the laws of Leviticus that we don't follow today either. So it's like, you're not allowed to wear uh, clothes and uh, mixed fabrics, which if you're wearing polyester and cotton, suddenly you're breaking that one. You're not allowed to eat shellfish. Um, you're allowed to beat your wife on a certain day of the week as long as the stick that you're using is no larger than the thumb. Uh, you're allowed to beat your slave to within an inch of their life, but as long as they're able to walk again before the week is over, then it's okay, and that person is righteous in the, uh, the eyes of the Lord. So it's like there are so many different things that are in the laws of Leviticus that we don't use because they are from a different time that basically they're trying to use religion as a way to enforce their own laws of their of their time and since slavery was legal in their particular um society they had to have that in their laws that it was okay to beat your sleeves for whatever reason because morality and everything was it was it was more just about people control population control if you were able to kind of get people to do what you needed them to do and 
um, claimed that God was going to punish them if they didn't, then people are a lot more likely to follow the, the rules. And it was, it was less about loving your neighbor. It was more just about do what we say and don't be an inconvenience. Uh, slavery is profitable, so it's allowed somehow. Um, and so it wasn't ever morality for the laws of Leviticus. It was, it was just that was how they're able to justify things because they were a theocracy. They basically used religion as their way of ruling. And so um, fast forward to the New Testament, people are like, well, hold on a second. There isn't um, in the Bible as well for like the homosexuality. Um, it's like a man should not lay with a man as he would his wife. And it's like, well, actually that verse was changed, um, which is also a big heresy in, in the Christian church. You're not supposed to change the word of the God. Um, and so back in the 1940s, um, during the Cold War after World War II, um, they were trying to have a, another push uh, for religion to basically have all of the United States citizens under one religion because the Soviet Union um, was famously um, atheist. They basically would persecute any religion that was inside their fold. And so they're like, all right, so how do we be anti-communist? All right, what we'll do is we're gonna try to push back towards America. And I don't know if it was necessarily planned this way or not, um, but one way that um, helps bring a lot of people together, which is a terrible way, is to have a common enemy. And the Soviet Union was one common enemy, but then two, people never really liked gay people back in the day because they were different. If you're not around somebody enough to be able to understand that they're a person, then suddenly they become an other. And so they're like, all right, so let's use this um, hatred that people have for gay people and let's try to make that shoehorned into religion. Um, so then that way people can be like, all right, so since I don't like gay people, this book here says gay people aren't allowed. It's going to basically bring everyone together. And so they've changed the law of the, the book where instead of it being, um, originally it said a man should not lay with a boy as he would his wife. And obviously you can understand why that would be a big thing. You can't have consent with a child. Um, there's, that's a very, very, very immoral thing. And so they changed it to a man should not live with a man as he would his wife and basically had like this big religious movement. It paid for billions of dollars worth of like billboards and um, like trying to get people back into church. And the Christian population went from about 40% of the United States citizens to closer to like 70%. Um, and it just made it a lot easier for them to be able to, again, control in the same way that they did in the Old Testament, where they're like, all right, so now we've got a common enemy. Now we've got a boogeyman that we are the only party that can stop that. And so the Republicans basically used the people's uh, like distrust of gay people as a way to kind of bring the population together as a way to fight the communists. And so um, if you look at translations of the Bible before 1946, they don't say that a man should not live with a man. They say that a man should not live with a boy. If you look at uh, different uh, translations that are around the world, even all the way up into the 1980s. Uh, it still says the original translation, but then after the 1980s, when the United States became the global importer of Bibles, suddenly it said that too. And so it's, it's basically, we were all just kind of tricked from like a massive propaganda scheme as a way to just try to somehow make it to where the United States citizens all had their own little fascist movement in a way. They weren't necessarily fascists at the time, um, but they had just fought the war with Hitler. They saw how quickly he got into power and they're like, well, some of these things are, are kind of good ideas. I put that in air quotes because obviously it's sarcasm, but yeah. um, they're basically like, all right, so Hitler was able to get into power by hatred of the Jews and also the LGBT. So what if we are able to take some of that? The Jews obviously can't use because uh, people have like this, this, strong hatred of the Nazis and that anti-Semitism. So how else are we going to do it? The LGBT. All right. Nobody really cares about them. So that's the one we're going to use. Uh, they also did that with, with the African-American population too. Um, like with the bathroom debates that are currently going on, they're using the exact same language that they used to for like anti-segregation or like the, the segregation laws and things like that, where they're like, oh, you can't have uh, black people in our bathrooms. That would be ridiculous. What they're going to attack our women and our children. And that fear of the women and children being attacked is also pulled directly from the steps of fascism. It's basically creating a boogeyman and only this particular party is able to stop it. And so people are like, well, I don't necessarily agree with everything they do, but 
I got to protect my family. So then they vote that person into power. And so it's, it's like all these little subtle things that we were kind of manipulated into believing. And so that's kind of why the church still believes that to this day, that uh, somehow being in the LGBT is a sexual sin. And it's, it's literally just because that was the easiest way for the United States to fight the commies. And so it's like, it's, it's kind of crazy whenever you like start to piece a lot of these things together and start to understand like a lot of like the planning behind it. It's like, it's not moral. It's, it's very, very, very much wrong, but it works and it's effective. And so that's why they do it. And so we've all just been kind of tricked. So it's, it's, it was never in the Bible that you can't be gay. It's never in the Bible that you can't be trans. It's all just driven by politics. Yeah, because it sounds like they're just like nitpicking, like going through like the books. You're like, oh, there's one, there's something. It's a, there's one thing they highlighted. Right. Always like it, oh, we'll just black this out. You know, it's, 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 I don't know. Exactly. This one looks good, you know. Right. And, and then they'll say, and if you, they say one thing, because they'll have like 14 different versions of what they're going to say once, just to like kind of drown you out. Right. Because you'll be like saying like, you know, well, this, they're like, well, right. this is A. You say, well, this is A. Well, this is A2. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's it's all just a way to like subtly change people's mindsets. Um, because fascism starts off as a um social movement before it becomes a political movement. If you can convince hearts and minds that fascism is okay, um, by like subtly introducing things over time then people start to, it's, it's kind of like the frog inside of a, a boiling pot. Uh, if you just throw the frog in immediately to the boiling pot, he's going to jump out. But if you um, have the water cold first, then the frog will swim around and not realize the danger. And so it's, it's that, that subtlety where you just slowly introduce change over time. And, and fascism is literally the party of the us versus them mentality. Uh, it, it's that idea that um, like the strong, hardworking Americans are the good guys and anyone else who's not among that particular group are suddenly bad guys. If they can convince you that somehow, like even fellow Americans, like the LGBT um, are somehow among the bad guys, they're like, oh, they're immoral. They're against God. They're children of Satan and all these different things. Then it basically just kind of helps further that, that um, brotherhood among themselves. That, that us becomes stronger, that them becomes even more hated and suddenly whoever is in power, who's like, hey, I'm the only one who's going to stop these guys because the other side, the Democrats aren't going to stop them. Clearly, look at them. They're supporting it. And then they're like, well, I don't necessarily agree with all like the tax plans and everything else that this guy is doing. But at the same time, he's trying to protect my kids. So got to got to vote him into office. Oh, he's a good Christian man because he's, he's quoting the Bible. So got to vote him into office. And so they basically use people's innate... Um, love for their brothers and sisters and family against them, even though there's no difference between the people in the us category versus the them category. It's just they are around the people in the us category all the time. They're able to talk to these people. They're able to understand these people. Um, it's like if you always grew up in a small town where it's a very much white population um, and you're always around other white people, other white Christians, and you're able to kind of make these bonds and friendships with them, then anyone outside that community that is different, you're going to have an immediate distrust for because they're outside your tribe. And so people who live in cities tend to have a lot more interaction with other different races, other different um, walks of life. And so they're more likely to interact with an LGBT person. Uh, a white man's more uh, likely to talk to a black man or an Indian or um, Hispanic or whoever. And, and in doing so, they start to realize, oh, they're just people. There's no difference between them and me. We might have a different upbringing, but we're all the exact same. And fascism tries to use that against them. There's that rural versus city life. It's like, ah, oh, the good, hardworking rural Americans, they're the, the true backbone of the country. Whereas those city dwellers, they're like Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, they've got the devil tempting them. And so it basically is, is kind of like using that innate distrust of people who are different from you against these people, even though there's no difference between rural Americans and city-dwelling Americans, we're all human. We all have the same feelings, emotions, thoughts, morality for the most part. It's just, we don't get to talk enough. There's not that mediation because suddenly 
the rural people are just like, oh, those damn Southerners with their bigotry and hatred. And it's like, oh, those darn city dwellers with their vile ways and things like that. And so it's, it's just, and it's subtle manipulation that slowly draws these lines that don't really exist. No, it's funny when you mentioned about the rural life, city life, reminds me, there's a friend who is in the wrestling world. Her name is Jessica the Goddess. Mm-hmm. Uh, she went did the change. Right. And I messaged her and I was like, you know what? I just figured out what's going on with all the hate. It's like people are crazy about Star Wars. If they were like me, a Star Trek fan, they'll understand about the Klingons and the Rondons, like different species that we all get together. Star Wars, nope, they just fire on everybody. Right. It's just like something like that. It's a city, the world. Right away, I thought about Star Trek, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that that us versus them distinction literally works for everything. Um, if if there's anything that um, like if I've never seen Star Trek but I've seen Star Wars, then suddenly I start to like slowly lean towards the Star Wars side, and I'm like, oh, those darn Star Trek fans with their Comic Con conventions and trying to learn Klingon, darn you, people. Even though it's it's literally just another media that you've watched it's different than than the media that i've watched but then it's like whenever you start to like draw these lines and then there's like already these battlegrounds in place where they're like debating it's like oh it's captain kirk is better than darth vader and like all these different things um it's it's like well hold on a second we're we're we're, we're all geeks we're all nerds that that enjoy sci-fi like why are we fighting over this or like the iphone versus android debate or the literally any debate um whenever it happens to be something with race or whenever it happens to be something with like sexuality or religion or anything like that suddenly the stakes are a lot higher though for whatever reason um so like a lot of those like subtle things that wouldn't normally affect people um start to affect people whenever um like if somebody who is um like slightly racist gets um elected in the power and then their entire um almost fan base in a way like their their representative um like population is like oh we got to have protections against these black people from hurting our children and it's like all right and then all of a sudden they make it to where black people can't live in white neighborhoods and that basically forces um, black people into different neighborhoods and then that forces other things where they're like all right black people can't have access to these mortgages um white people can and so white people are able to finance houses on their same income that these black families have and black families aren't even allowed to sign up for these mortgages and so it, it moves on. And then all of a sudden, just over the generations, you have like these subtle things that um, start to affect people that just kind of fly under the radar. It's like nobody knows that Black people couldn't get access to mortgages. The Black people are very much aware of it. But the white people who are just living in the neighborhoods, living normal lives, they're like, I didn't have any advantages. I'm just living my life. I've got struggles where then there, there's actually like systematic um bigotry and everything that's keeping these black families from being able to have this generational wealth that these white families got when there are literally no difference in, in our intelligence there's no difference in anything but whenever you're forced into poverty a lot of times people start to rely on crime as a way to kind of fight back they're like okay so i can't get rich the traditional way so then how else am i supposed to be able to support my family and so then they re- um, rely on crime because that's really the only option they've got if white people were in the same situation, we'd resort to crime, um, just like any other person on the planet, because that's the easier way to be able to support your family. If you get denied jobs because of your race, and you're like, what am I supposed to do? If you get denied scholarships because of your race, or if you get denied uh, government grants because of your race, or all these different things, it's like, I don't have any of these advantages. And so that's that white privilege that a lot of people don't realize. It's, it's because like they don't have these roadblocks in place. It's like, all right, you get to race like normal, so you get unhampered access from the start to finish, and these guys have to jump off through all these hurdles just to be able to get to that same finish line. And then you're like, man, I made it through the race, and I beat everybody. Man, I'm so cool. It's like, I didn't have anyone pushing me forward to help me. I didn't have anyone doing anything. I did it from the the good old grit, the old-fashioned hard work, and we don't see all these other struggles that other people are going through. So it's like, I don't know, it's just like these little subtle things build up over time and they start to compound and they start to create stereotypes that don't really exist. But whenever the data starts to kind of reflect these stereotypes, then people start to actually believe them deep down. 
And so it's like, there's literally no difference in people. We're all human race. And so that's the part that makes it so frustrating whenever like people are, are racist, they don't understand what white privilege actually is because they're not necessarily gaining these same advantages, but I don't know. I know we're talking about transgender rights and I keep talking about racism and all these different things, that's but that's like they all kind of work together in a, in a way. Because, yeah. Yeah, but do you think that some people would though like kind of like emphasize white privilege a little too much? Well, it's, it's the that's same, it's the opposite people, side of that. The way some yeah. people will be like, well, wait a second, well, what's, what did I do? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's definitely the, um, the us versus them doesn't go just one way. It goes both ways. And so that's why you'll have like Democrats versus Republicans. That's why you'll have like liberals versus conservatives. That's why you'll have um, all these different things. It's, it's the, the us versus them mentality works in literally every sense of the word. Um, and it's, it's, it's terrible because like once people start to kind of like break apart all these like different biases and things like that, they're like, oh, wait a second. Because uh, the us versus them is very easy to trick. It's actually a evolutionary thing that um, was started back in like the early tribal days of humanity. Um, whenever it used to be just members of your own family in a tribe and any other tribe was suddenly a threat because they could attack you because you don't know who they are. And over time, as like cities ended up becoming a thing, they started having more of these tribes kind of coming together. Um, other families are able to interact and they're like, okay, so this family's cool, but that family over there is not. And just over time, they, they start to like draw these little lines in the sand that don't really exist, but in our perception, they do. And so like oxytocin, that bonding uh, hormone that's inside of our, our brains um, reacts really strongly with people that we recognize, people that we're able to see ourselves and people like in our family or our friend group or anything like that. And anyone who doesn't get that oxytocin is immediately just an obstacle. And they're a threat. They are somebody to not trust because you don't know what they're capable of. You don't know what their harm, um, what, what they're feeling towards you. And so you immediately have like this, this, oh, hold on a second. They might be a bad person. And in doing so, um, a lot of people lose empathy for people that are outside of their, their tribe. Um, there've been numerous studies on this where um, there's like the trolley problem, um, which is like a classic philosophical debate where it's like, um, if you've got a trolley, um, and it's coming towards a group of people. And um, if you don't do anything, it's going to kill all 10 people. But if you end up pulling this lever, then it'll only kill one person. And it's like, do you pull the lever, even though technically that means that you're responsible for that one person's death, even though you wouldn't have caused the 10 people to die, the loss of life difference matters. Um, but if you replace those 10 people with your family, people are suddenly a lot more likely to pull that lever. They start to lose empathy for that one person because obviously the other side has a lot more value to them. Or if you've got it to where a different variation of that particular trolley problem, um, instead of pulling a lever, uh, you're standing on top of a bridge with a really, really heavy dude. And um, if you're able to push him onto the train tracks, it might disrail the trolley and save these 10 people. But suddenly you're directly responsible for his death as opposed to just pulling a, a lever. And it's like, would you push the guy to save these people? And if they give this person a, like in these particular experiments, they were like, all right, so we're gonna give this guy a name like Jamal or Mohammed or um, something that's different from the race of the people that are in the test. And they're more likely to push somebody like that. Whereas if they give them a name of somebody who's of their same culture, um, I think they did, a, did this study in Norway. And so they would do like traditional like Norwegian names and people were like, oh wait, all of a sudden I feel empathy for this guy. I can't push him into the, into the trolley. But then it's like, but my family, and then it's like, but I can't push um, George onto the, the the tracks. That would feel wrong. And so like, I don't know. It's 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 a weird a weird thing. But it's like your brain's very very easy to trick. Though it's like, um, let's say that somebody's racist and they're going to school in Alabama, and uh, they end up going to Auburn University or something of that nature. And they've spent their entire life kind of having like this distrust for black people or anything like that. Um, but then they are walking down the street in a city across the world and they happen to see another black person and they're like immediately distrustful for them. And they're like, oh, darn it. I don't know if I'm going to like this guy. And then they start talking and it turns out he also went to that same university. Suddenly that hatred and that distrust goes away. And it's like, oh, wait, he's part of my tribe. And so 
they might still be racist towards other black people but that particular one they're like no he, he's cool i like this guy but all those other ones not so much and so it's like this 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 us versus them it's very easy to blur the lines and so it's not an exact science but it's basically any person that you can understand any person that you can empathize with any person that you can see it, it, it yeah it's it's a a really crazy thing and it, it's just it shows a lot about human psychology just how a lot of these things work yeah there was a, a recent podcast where people were, were talking about me i guess i'm some people i'm on some people's walls i don't know right <laughs> and the, the word racist came down oh and i was like all right i was just trying to wrap my head around like okay what did i miss here right you know like family and everything it's like that other just version just brush it off stuff like it's like something being called racist just to kind of be like here's just the ace it's over mm-hmm. i wouldn't sub the uh, argument like some people would do still bothersome yeah it's just like what i don't see it well a lot of times people make assumptions that even if it's not true um again that that same us versus them mentality is just like whenever um people see that you do something that doesn't necessarily fit in with like their social justice warrior rules or anything like that um suddenly they start to label you as these different things because if you're labeled as a racist if you're labeled as a bigot if you're labeled as um transphobic or homophobic or anything like that then it's a lot easier to distance themselves from that uh, empathy and so they stop seeing you as a person they see you more as an obstacle even if you're not necessarily a bad person or even a racist or any of those terms that they label you as. It's just, they, they get a snap judgment decision and you might've said something like, oh, I can't say anything about black people or else I'll get shot. And they're like, oh, that was racist. Hold on a second. And then they're like, this guy's a racist. Don't, don't talk to him. Even though you're not racist, you're like, well, hold on a second. I don't, I don't dislike black people. I don't distrust them. I see them as regular people. And it's like, well, hold, but I, you said there's one thing, so that means you're, you must have deep-seated racism inside you. And so, I, I'm man enough to know that if I say, if say something to, like, mm-hmm. someone that's Black, Hispanic, you, or whoever, and yeah. you correct me, I have no problem to be like, I'm sorry. Yeah, but no, absolutely. Like, but, but, that's, but that's like, I'm racist without telling me what I said. Right. It's like, okay, you know. Just yeah, can't. absolutely. Because a lot of times we say things without realizing the connotations. Um, we, we grow up in a, an environment that um, a lot of people just say the same things. And so you're like, oh yeah, Hispanics are always hardworking, you know. Um, there's all these Hispanics that are out and they're, they're doing these jobs and they're just very hardworking individuals, you know. Or like you've got like the um, Asians are always smart and they're good at math. And you don't realize that these are also stereotypes that are that are racist too in a way it's like they might not always necessarily be bad um it's like why wouldn't you want to be considered a smart asian but it's at the same time it's like well hold on because we don't all fit into that same bubble we're all individual people we're not all the same we're not just um carbon copies of each other it's like you you stop to see the humanity of these people and you start to see them as these stereotypes, even if those stereotypes are typically good things, it's like, oh, you're Asian, you must be good at math. It's like, no, hold on a second. I'm not good at math. That's racist, shut the fuck up. And so it's just like all these different things of like, I thought I was being a good person when I said that, but it's like, no, you have to start understanding that people are all different. It's like saying, oh, you're white, you like mayonnaise or something of that nature where it's just like, how how does that make sense? It's like just because it's a common tendency or a common trend of a particular group of people doesn't mean that everyone in that particular group happens to feel the same way. And so it's, yeah. Sometimes when I see all the BS going on Twitter, sometimes mm-hmm. I'll like pop open a beer and be like, let's poke the bear. This is, yeah. But someone would be like raving about, you know, transgenders and you know, mm-hmm. oral and stuff like that. And I'm like, really? Oh my God, what did they do to you? Well, nothing. They're just uh, the guy. Also, they do anything to you. You mm-hmm. see something on TV, 
or social media and you're just going with it. Yeah, they're like, oh, they're all America, so easily triggered. Whether it's America, America and their balls. Because mm-hmm. before it was, uh, America before was, if you cr- walk on my land, I'm going to shoot you. But mm-hmm. would you do them past the border, the property line? I don't care. Mm-hmm. But no, everyone has to be in everyone's business. Like, do you think social media has a huge impact on that? It very much has a big impact on it because suddenly people with differing worldviews start to interact with each other. And a lot of these stereotypes start to become a thing where it's like, oh, you're liberal. That means that you're a social justice warrior. You're going to get offended at everything I say, even though everyone gets offended equally. Like if, if I said something that was rude against Republicans, they would be mad at me. And they'd be like, well, hold on. I don't believe that or all these different things. Um, and then if you say something about uh, someone who's liberal, then it's like, well, uh, oh, so you're someone's a snowflake. You're obviously triggered. And it's like a lot of these situations, like with myself, if somebody was coming at me being transphobic, um, there's a, a difference whenever I'm trying to defend myself versus them who just thinks it's some um, like philosophical debate. They're like, uh, transgender women aren't actually women. Um, and then I'm over here like, well, hold on. That's kind of invalidating my entire existence. Um, I'm going to have a lot more stake in this matter than you will. So I'm going to argue with this because this matters. It's like, if you stop seeing me as a person, then suddenly I'm in the them category for you. And I want you to understand that I'm just the same person as you are. I just happen to have gone through some different things that you didn't have to go through. It's like, we all have struggles. Mine happen to be gender dysphoria. Um, But it's like, if you don't understand what gender dysphoria is, if you don't understand how trans people can exist, um, you start to just be like, I don't care if you call yourself a guy or a girl doesn't affect me. Um, but whenever you start trying to go into women's bathrooms and attack my women, then that suddenly becomes an issue. Are you defending rape now? And it's like, no, I'm not a rapist. Like, what are you talking about? It's like, they, they start to have like these, these mindsets and like these arguments that they just assume and they just start repeating different facts that they keep hearing online. I say facts, but they're not facts, obviously. Um, but they start like repeating like these very hateful things. And it's like, I can't just ignore that because what if this person is somebody that, that I might be able to like teach and educate and suddenly they stop spewing these um, transphobic comments. Um, it's like, okay, with the trans bathroom debate, um, you're saying that men can't go in women's bathrooms or whatnot. It's like, well, first off, we're not men, we're, we're women. And we always have been women. We're not just pretending it's not like this performative thing of like drag queens or anything of that nature. It's like, this is our lives. Um, Also, there have been zero instances ever of a trans person attacking a cis person in a restroom. Um, There have also been zero instances ever of somebody pretending to be trans to attack a woman in the restroom. It's like, if somebody's going to attack a woman in the restroom, they're just going to walk in and not do all this planning and all, all this other stuff. Because last I checked, rape and assault is still a crime no matter if you're allowed to be in that room or not it's like if you rape somebody in an alleyway it's still just as much of a crime as if you rape them in a woman's bathroom it's not going to add any more to the crime just because it would happen to be in a woman's restroom um but if you look at the reverse side of that where it's like if i were to try to walk into a men's restroom suddenly i'm adding myself as trans and all the people who hate trans people are going to be like well hold on a second now we know this person's trans guaranteed now we can attack them because there's no chance of it actually being a cis woman now we can attack this person because it's fun to do because they're not a real person. They're just some sexual criminal defending, uh, pretending. And so they basically like start having like this um, stereotype about trans people as being some sort of sexual predators. And that's the real reason for these debates. People don't really care which bathroom that I'm using. Yeah. Um, the real reason is because if they can have the conversation always about trans people and rape or trans people and being predators or trans people in crime, then it starts to have the same connotations that a lot of people are like trying to use against black people. It's like, oh, black people, you're a gangster or something of that nature, even though they're not, they're just people. But whenever the the, the talks are always like black on black violence or um, black people in prisons and all these different things is like, why are there so many more black people committing crimes? It must be because they're all criminals. It's like, no, that's not the reason. It's because we forced them into these situations. And whenever you start to only have conversations about black people and crime, people start to subconsciously make that connotation, black person, crime, even though 
they're no more likely to commit crime than anybody else's. They're just people, just like trans people. We don't even commit rape. We don't even commit these crimes that they're accusing us of, but because those two words are used in the same connotation, they're used in the same sentence, suddenly our brain categorizes those in the same spots. And so that's the reason that a lot of people have these things. They're like, well, we're not actually mad at the trans people, but what about the men trying to pretend to be women just to be able to walk into the restroom? And it's like, that doesn't happen either. But the real reason is because, again, if you can convince people that their women and children are under attack, and you can also show trans people and sexual predators in the same sentence, then everything is always grouped together. And it's much easier to attack somebody that you assume is immoral and evil than it is to attack somebody that you know is a person, you know? So we only have like about 10 minutes left. We have two yeah. big subjects, but first of all, I, I've always said that when people go like, you know, like, oh, you know, that woman used to be a guy. She can't be in women's wrestling. Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. I always said, I always just say, shut up and defend your title. Right. What happens to you I, if you're a champion, you defend your against title against anybody. Right. So it's, you're, you can't just like pick and choose, be like, oh, I want that one, just shorter. Oh, I want that one. No, it's like, yeah. person deserves a shot to get a shot. Boom. Right. I mean, it's, it like also too it's like whenever people are wrestling um like one after doing hormones for a certain amount of time um a lot of the physical differences start to basically like the differences become almost non-existent and really the only differences at that point are just going to be um like size of the individuals and whenever you're wrestling you've got weight classes whenever you're fighting you've got weight classes for a reason because if somebody is six foot tall and they're fighting somebody else who's five foot four there's going to be a huge advantage for the one person who's six foot tall. If they're cis or trans, it doesn't matter. If you've got two people who are both six foot tall, weigh the same amount, one's trans, uh, the other one's cis, but they uh, both have the same hormonal levels and the muscular type and everything like that, then suddenly there's no difference in their physical abilities. Um, but whenever people try to have this, this idea, it's like, oh, trans women are actually just men in dresses, then it's like, well, obviously, if a man's fighting a woman, then it's going to be an unfair fight because testosterone affects muscle mass much more differently. Um, but whenever someone's on hormones, which even in like the Olympics, which is like the most strict um, uh, athletic event in the world, trans people are still allowed as long as they, they meet certain conditions. And a lot of times these conditions are actually more strict than what cis women have to go through. Um, so much so that... Um, like with like the testosterone levels, things like that, they've actually had to make other cis women take testosterone blockers because their natural levels were too high because suddenly they passed the, uh, the trans threshold. And so it's like all these people are getting directly affected by all of these rules and regulations, even though they don't actually make that much of a difference. It's like a small amount of testosterone is not gonna make that much difference between strength levels. It, it takes a much, much, much bigger margin. And people will start to lose this idea of, of how hormone replacement therapy actually affects you. And it's like, and then even still, you've got weight classes for a reason. And a lot of times the trans women end up losing because there is no uh, difference in, in physicality. It's, it's all just strength or it's all just a skill at the end of the day. Um, and so cis woman beats the trans woman. Nobody talks about it. Trans woman beats the cis woman. Oh, suddenly it's unfair. So it's like, well, hold on a second. Yeah, it was right. a fair fight. Why do you think it, it happens so much more often that the cis woman wins? It's like, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't make any sense to me, but. And I tell, keep on telling people this, and I mm -hmm. bet you want to listen to, do not pay attention to everything you read on social media. Right. Just don't. Because if people go like, oh, like, you know, well, this is People, I can go just as long as they get the money, they don't care what you write. Mm -hmm. I can be a church, I can be like pure Christian, and be like transgenders are evil, oh my God. And I can have that spread all over the place if I have the money to give to Uncle Zuckerberg. Mm -hmm. So do not always take everything to a grain of salt. Do not always yeah. assume and, right and, away. Absolutely, not even just that too, but it's like, um, friends and family are the ones who are doing most of the sharing of misinformation. Uh, cause like Facebook has like certain rules that they have to follow in order for like 
um, like misinformation to be spread. And they're like, okay, hold on. This, this article here is unfactual. And so they'll um, have like a little tag that's like, this is missing important information. And then um, like a lot of times um, people are like sharing these, these articles and they're like, oh, Facebook took it down because they're trying to censor us because they don't want us to know the truth. And it doesn't really matter how much censorship, um, which is not always a good thing in the first place, but sometimes it's, it's almost necessary whenever like lives are in danger. It's like, okay, hold on a second. COVID misinformation is going to literally kill people. Anti-vaccination is literally going to kill people. So we have to have at least some sort of way to kind of protect people and, and try to have the most accurate science to date used. Because if people don't have the right information, then they can't make educated choices. It's like, obviously, a mother's going to want to protect their kids. And if they think that some vaccination is going to kill their kid, they're not going to want to give their kid a vaccination. But if they understand that the risks are negligent, but the benefits are extreme, then they're going to want to get, make sure that their kid has that vaccination. But if they're lied to, and if their friends and family believe it, they're going to trust their friends and family because they're like, obviously social media is going to try to lie to me. And it kind of becomes its own echo chamber where it's like, you believe you hear a lie enough times, you start to believe it. And so these people aren't any less um, intelligent than the average person is. They're just told one thing um, from their friends who they trust because they have literally grown up with that person. They've literally um, trusted that person with their life at, at times, maybe. And they're like, okay, well, they wouldn't say this if it wasn't true. So I'm going to believe it. Uh, Facebook's trying to lie to me. Uh, that censorship, it's because they're trying to be fake news or all these different things. And it's just that that distrust of, of authority or what's not. And, and people start getting lied to. They start allowing people to get hurt. They start allowing bad things to happen, thinking that they're doing the right thing the entire way. So it's like, they're not stupid. They're not immoral. They just think they're doing the right thing. And they've been lied to. And so it's, it's, it's very tough because a lot of times the people lying to them don't realize they're lying. And when I got thrown in Facebook jail and they gave me the whole option of, would you like to file appeal? Well, I did, I said no. Because mm -hmm. okay, I just say whatever the reason may be why I went after this guy, the bottom line is I went after the guy. Yeah. I violated their standards. Right. You know? Absolutely. You know, it's like, you know, but it's just, it's just like this, like not just, you know, making excuses. Well, this guy, that guy, I just don't understand the excuses people make these days. That's all. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's always going to be excuses. There's always a reason. Nobody ever does something to be evil. Uh, I guess maybe some people do, but most people don't. Most people have um, some sort of moral compass that they follow and they always think that they're doing the right thing. And, and so it's like, they're always going to be excuses because people try to rationalize things that whenever they do something, they're like, well, there was a reason that I did it. It's because of this thing. Even if that thing's not a good excuse, they, they always have to have those, those reasons behind it because it's like, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm a rational person. I promise. This is the reason I did it. And then they're just trying to get people on their side because if they can get other people to believe what they did was righteous, then they start to feel less guilt for what they've done. And so it's, I don't know, even whenever people realize that they're wrong, they're like, well, I'm going to double down because I can't admit that I'm wrong. I, I did a thing and I can't, I can't be a, someone who's unreasonable and then doing so become more unreasonable. So it's, it's kind of silly. Yeah. I'm, I'm not perfect. I'll admit yeah. that from the start. Right. If I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Yeah. But it's just, I don't like when people just jump on me and thinking I'm just saying this. I always have links and information. If right. you go, if you read my link and go like, Hey, idiot that's wrong okay mm. that's wrong my bad right. but there's right. a reason behind it and i have no problem sitting down and saying these are the reasons yeah exactly and and that's everyone's mindset they all have reasons behind it they've been told one thing and they believe it and they are, are following their moral compass and they're like all right this is why i did the things that i did it's like, oh, I hate trans people because they're going to attack my children. Well, has the trans person ever actually hurt your children? Well, no, but they might. It's like, okay, this person's not unreasonable. They just believe something that's a lie because they were tricked. And, and so like whenever you start to like give people the benefit of the doubt and you start to like kind of meet them where they are instead of where you want them to be, then it makes it a lot easier to mend these, these gaps and these bridges 
It's like no one's trying to be evil, but in doing so, evil things get done. That's why there's the phrase, the path to hell is led with good intentions. It's like people always think they're the hero of the story. And anyone else who kind of gets in their way is suddenly an antagonist. And so they're like, oh, I was taught I was supposed to fight the villain. So this person must be a villain. And it makes it really hard to talk to people whenever they automatically villainize you. It's like, well, hold on a second. I'm trying to show you I'm not a villain. Let's, I understand where you're coming from. Let's, let's kind of approach this like adults instead of like children back and forth, just throwing eyes at each other. Yeah, the neighbor's going like the Conover kid, you know, it's kind of things you should well meanwhile they have all their focus on you meanwhile yeah. well they're not paying attention to little billy dissecting a squirrel you know it's they're laughing uh, it's like right. wake yeah up here wake up right yeah it's, it's 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 i don't know it's just people fear what they don't understand and if they never get a chance to understand because they don't allow themselves to understand it makes it really hard to to have these conversations it makes it really hard for people to get it so real fast what's going on with your music career um well i'm actually going to be on the radio soon over in boise idaho um oh, yes. well, well thank you um so i i did a, a live 30 minute set that i ended up uh sending in to them uh, and that's going to be airing on february 4th and it's going to be on their uh, website on radio boise and it's also going to be on their soundcloud um I've been writing more and more songs. I haven't had a chance to record a lot of them, unfortunately, but I'm slowly getting more and more time um, where I've got some free time and getting these songs knocked out. Started a YouTube channel, already at 90 followers after a week. So I'm like, cool, this is awesome. And so, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm still at like the budding stages, but but everyone who's heard my songs so far has has loved them. And it's it's been a really cool feeling to be able to, be able to share a piece of myself and, and have just this positive response from from everyone and and so it's it's been it's been it's been a lot of fun um 90 followers in a week yeah after one video after one video i just hit 94 after like two and a half years christ i'm so sorry well but a podcast is a little bit different though it's, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot longer. It's a lot more of a time investment. So it makes it really hard for people to just tune in casually a song. It was like a four minute video. And so people can just hop in, hop out and get an idea of what the thing's going to be podcasts, much more difficult to kind of get a footing just because it's like, Oh, I don't have an hour to be able to sit down and listen to this thing. So I'll come back to it later. Then they forget to move on to something else. So the fact that you've got 90 people that, that watched and enjoyed it enough to be able to come back that's incredible so don't discount yourself oh no i'm, I'm not I'm, I'm, i mean yeah if i if i really was like taking everything seriously i would yeah. have also people like you on i would just right. be strictly wrestling and it's like right this is, this is my world you don't like it yeah absolutely but no definitely send me shoot me over some links i'll pass them around and okay. It's a pleasure talking to you. You know that. Oh well, thank you. It's been a great talking to you as well. Yeah, I am at your service if I can help you out with anything. Thanks. I, I really appreciate that. Thank you for the educational talk. I did learn some things. Well, good. And, and we'll we'll keep in touch. Okay, sounds good. Thank you again so much for having me on. Oh, thank you very much for coming on. You take care. You too. Bye. Okay, bye.